Okay. Well, this is a... It's a transfer of training movie, actually. Because... What's his name? Ender. Ender. You know, he starts out thinking that he's just training for something that's kind of irrelevant, just in case the world's going to end and he's got to be prepared. But little does he know, he's fast-tracked on a program because the Spirit's going to have him put it to use right away. So you've heard the Course talk about the uh, Walking with Christ section where, you know, Christ doesn't lead nor follow you but walks with you on the self-same road. Well, that's like saying God is, in a sense. And so this movie actually helps you approach that because it's got leader-follower aspects. Mostly what Ender has to do is do leader leadership training because he's probably more like Bill Fetford in the sense that errs on the side of weak-willed. And so in order for him to grow, the Spirit constantly keeps putting him into leadership so that he doesn't stay small and play weak. And he he develops a respect for authority in the sense that he doesn't want to deliberately go against anything, but he also has to tune into his intuition. And when when the directions come in that are from the ego, he has to basically say, I, do, I don't feel that. I'd listen to a higher law, the spirit, and transcend that. And it's all part of this training so that he can face betrayal in the end with the one that brought him in. So like a father-son betrayal. And once he faces that betrayal, he can take the baby Christ, we say, or the Christ, into his heart. And he doesn't need any of the system. They give him an honorary title of ambassador? Or? Admiral. Admiral. They give him an honorary title of Admiral where he does not have to lead or follow anymore. So if Admiral is equivalent of of Christ. It's like the movie goes from start to finish through the hierarchies and development of trust where you know a lot of times people will say it doesn't matter what I do but here it really does matter what he does because he believes in it. So he has to take steps like I think it's the fourth section. Jesus says now you've learned all things work together for good. This is indeed great learning. But now (laughs) (laughs) Now you must decide things upon based on which things are most helpful. So he's acknowledging that there's some hierarchy there. But you're sorting out the illusions that are not helpful for you anymore. So it's a good movie for practical application. Mm-hmm. It's just like almost like a perfect teaching movie for coming into community because it's uh, he perceives hierarchy, he perceives competition. He has major people pleasing. He's like a lot of indigo and crystal. They, he knows there's more, but he doesn't know what that more is. He's no clue what doing everything for the whole means. It's not until the final scenes where he even has to face betrayal and feeling like he's a bit tricked. But actually, it's all towards using his skills and ability to serve the whole. And the personality self doesn't know what the whole is, so it doesn't even know what that lesson could be. There's no clue. But the Spirit has to take him in that direction and use his skills and take him higher and higher in consciousness and closer and closer to helping the whole. And. Um, but you could say, like with everybody, it's kind of like, it's, it's almost like a blind faith where you have to have faith in the trusting in the Spirit, and then symbolically trusting in those that are around you. There's like some relationships that he has where he feels a vibrational connection and they feel the vibrational connection with him. There's others that seem very competitive and antagonistic and, and at times he just wants to quit. But, you know, it's it's a great teaching movie, really, all around. It's one of the classics. We were just so grateful when we discovered it, because it has enormous transfer value to really look. If you see it from the idea of trusting and learn, learning to develop trust, and yet still being somewhat suspicious of 
what am I trusting and who am I trusting and I don't want to become dependent on anything but I do realize I need help to advance so you know it's he goes through all these different phases too of mind mind training really mm -hmm. so and accepting what happens not fighting against but being truly intelligent the spirit is really cool when we first saw this they were like a lot of them who lived with me were like going back and and seeing themselves over the years in development of trust and because this movie triggered all that like oh I remember that phase and oh yeah oh I was really competitive there and oh I was really seeing hierarchies there and da, 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 and you can kind of see it all compressed into one movie so in that sense it's a time saver it can save like hundreds or thousands of years just by following this main character what Ender has to go through you can kind of see the phases that you'll have to go through ultimately towards how do I serve the whole how do I serve the whole universe in my thoughts and actions and deeds which is a huge context none of us are raised with that kind of context but it is really when you look at this movie it does you can, literally the universe yeah it's literally for the whole universe definitely for earth <laughs> but it's got a universal context in it, but it's, yeah, how can I save civilization without really, that's still a concept, but still that's a, a step towards thinking in broad, much broader ways in terms of your mind. Yeah. Okay. so devastating, not the ending, but the grazing that choice between they, they die or we die, you know? So endearing when it's going to take that child and find a way. <laughs> feel that way with the ending every time. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. The whole world and the <clears throat> final simulation, that's, that's the ego. And the whole point is to, to what he started to do towards the end, and, and little hints of it came through there, was he he believed there was another way, and it involved love and communication instead of destruction and competition. So it's like all of his training was in competition, you know, in battle teams and to make it to the command center, and, and his entire training, his entire life was was based on winning and destruction. And then as he and he wasn't even told that simulation was a simulation. So with the Course in Miracles, it's the same thing. The entire cosmos of time and space is set up on destruction, killing, competition. It's all a simulation. And at least with the Course and Veda Vedanta and a lot of the great non-dual traditions, it, it has penetrated into consciousness that it's maya, it's illusion. It's not understood by anyone who's, who's involved in the simulation. There's no actual awareness of, of divinity because the simulation is so complicated and so engaged, it seems to be the only thing that there is. And so, you know, inside the simulation, everything seems to be real. All the competition, you know, even his 
he's trying to be as defenseless as he can, but he's facing challenges, threats, you know, seemingly threatening his life, and he he's come he to this thing of uh, of coming on strong enough to win all future battles, to never have to battle again. But it's not through battling that you never have to battle again. It's through laying down the battle. It's through complete, absolute defenselessness. You know, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, is what Jesus said. Or in my defenselessness, my safety lies. So, so the whole construct, the whole thing is set up that it does seem to involve mind training, it does seem to involve leadership, it does seem to involve building confidence, it does seem to involve building skills, it does seem to involve channeling skills in one direction, but even with all that that goes on through the whole movie, there's still a question of what is it for? And so even when he goes through all this advancement, in the end, he just feels first remorse, and like, I, I've contributed to genocide, he feels enormous remorse, but then through his dreams, he, he is shown, no, his sister was the symbol of, of compassion, of innocence, and she was the one in coming in the mind game. So there was, this, behind all of that, the spirit was still using the mind game to try to foreshadow that there is another way. There's a complete other way. It doesn't involve destruction at all. And, and he becomes, at the very end, you know, when he wakes up after they, they sedate him, when he wakes up, you know, he's, he's quite determined to just follow his guidance and go out there, and then he's quite determined to take his little breathing thing and go, because he's seen it before in the dream. Mm. Like he knows there's something there. Something has reached him, and he, he knows it's it's actually the queen. The queen has has reached him, and the intelligence, and he then he starts to see it all as a reinterpretation, like um, like they were waiting there, they weren't initiating any kind of attack. They were waiting in the stillness for a solution and a resolution. And he is able to tune in to that's where the answer is. It's in the stillness. It's in the defenselessness. It's not in conquest. It's not in destruction. It's not in trying to overtake anybody. And he's able to go in. And then he has to go in there and stand in complete defenselessness and mm. telepathic communication to really reach this, the only solution there could ever be. So it's like when we go through all this mind training, we aren't really training for battle. You know, in, in this movie, it was all about the get ready for the battle, win at all costs, protect the earth protect the civilization, destroy the enemy. But for us, it is, it is about communication. We're all having to learn true communication in order to penetrate through this huge wall and veil of privacy, of secrets, of fear, of, of even, even artificial walls of flesh that have been projected to make it seem that, that you and me are not the same one. That behind each projection of a wall of flesh is a, is a projection of a private mind with private thoughts, that thinks on its own, that has its own individual autonomy, its own private will. That's, that's the construct we have, and, and we're all brought together not to do battle, not for competition, but to, to see beyond the construct, to see beyond the artificial walls of flesh, to communicate so perfectly, even using what was made to separate, what was made in hate, but, but used so beautifully, so perfectly, that we realize that there is no 
separation, that there's only one of us, and there has always only been one of us, and there's never been more than one of us. It's always just been one divine spirit, and so we're, we're using it. In fact, there was a lot of precision in this movie, another I know this movie was suggested, but you were thinking born, was it born identity or born ultimatum. There's such precision in these movies. But it is that we're to not a precision of destruction, but a precision of communication, of really speak your heart, really come to that pure motive, come to that core inside. Let the Spirit speak through you, let the Spirit laugh through you, shine through you, love through you, and then not do it just not once, but keep doing it over and over and over, as if you're trusting in a presence that says that there is only love. There is only love. There is no separation. There never has been. There never will be. There will never be competition. There will never be differences. There are no differences, there never have been differences, but that, it takes faith. When the, the, the simulation seems so, so, so very real, to keep on with that faith, to say, I, I will continue, I will continue. So, to me, I think that's what makes this a classic, is that, that you know, it's, as long as there's a belief in the ego, then there always will be this, this fear of abandonment, this fear of betrayal, and something we've talked about in our community for many, many years, this fear of being tricked. You know, I think that's probably what gets you at the end. It's like tricked into genocide. And, and that's the part that, that still believes that there's something that could trick the mind into falling for destruction, into making destruction real. And that's also the call though, there has to be a faith to go beyond that belief in, in attack, beyond that belief in defense, beyond that belief that somehow there's winning and losing. It can't really be that there's really winning and losing. And it can't really be that the purpose of all this simulation is is to win the game. You know, those old bumper sticker, I remember I used to see that, you know, one of the bumper stickers I saw was whoever, whoever has the most toys, whoever dies with the most toys wins the game. And I thought, well, there's a, that's, that's the ego's bumper sticker, you know, whoever dies with the most toys. And if you look around, people seem to be playing that game. Everybody's trying to get more toys. Everybody thinks, you're going to die anyway. Eat, drink, and be merry, for one day we shall die. That's in the Bible. They're just playing by that game. I'm going to get as many toys and get as much satisfaction, as much stimulation, as much winning, as much control, as much accumulation, as much collecting as I can do, because I'm going to die anyway. So I want to be the one that has the most points in the pinball game at the end. And it does seem to be that's what the game of this world is. You know, that's that destiny sees there. And that's that bumper sticker, you know, whoever whoever has the most toys when you die wins the game is is a, another version of life's a bitch and then you die. <laughs> and so that's actually what is underneath the toy bumper sticker. And then I remember I did see that one too, Life's a Bitch and You Die. And then one day I did, after I was really getting into all this, I did see <laughs> life, Life's a Joy and Then You Ascend. And I was like, there it is. That's on that bumper sticker. That was like Jesus saying, no, actually, here's, this is the game. Life's a Joy and Then You Ascend. And so I just think that he, he got through in the end. He was always thinking he was the third. He was always comparing himself to his brother. And yet he was always tr trying not to be his brother because his brother had this like violence killer instinct and he didn't want 
to be his brother. He loved his brother, but he had great doubt about that. He didn't want to turn into him. And many people have such hatred of their families or people that they know that they, they always swear, I will never be like my mother or my father. They just identify the things that they hate the most and in the ones that are near them, and then they spend their whole life trying to go in another direction. But it's really like their whole life turns into a giant avoidance. Like there's something that they're perceiving in another that is so hated that they would try to go in a complete opposite direction, but but they never stop to realize, wait a minute, if I'm perceiving it, maybe it's it's in my mind, and it's to, it has to be healed you know, on the inside. Maybe it's not just run the other direction, go the other direction in form, but it's face whatever I'm perceiving, whatever hatred, whatever disgust, whatever darkness. Yeah, so that's... But Ender, yeah, I think he, he was a great example of he had to face so many things. And he tried to be as defenseless as he could, but then... When he came, when he was really threatened, you know, he went back to his old strategy of, of, don't just win the battle, win the battle so decisively that there are no future battles. And that's what the Harrison Ford, the character, kept using with him, and that was his strategy. That's why he liked Ender, because mm -hmm. he saw, oh, that's the kind of strategy we'll need to, to defeat the enemy. But in the end, that strategy is is not going to yield anything. But the goal is not to win or to defend. The goal is to see see the world differently. And I think he did at the end. And and not only that, did he come to find the embryo and the unborn queen, but he made a promise, I will find a new home for you. In other words... I will take this intelligence and I will find a place of safety for this intelligence to go on. And doesn't that to be, seem to be the way of history? They've destroyed the scriptures, ancient uh, societies like Lemuria, and ancient civilizations, even on earth that seem to be advanced civilizations have been wiped out and destroyed. And yet, this spirit cannot be destroyed. There's still the spirit underneath. It still keeps coming through. It still keeps shining through using the images. Even with Jesus, you know, there was this symbol of, of meekness and innocence and love, and yet, to the ego, the guiltless are guilty. So the, the symbol of perfect innocence and guiltlessness in a world of time and space that was made by the, the death wish, it would, of course it would have to destroy the innocent lamb, the lamb of God. It would have to try to destroy that because it couldn't tolerate innocence. That's, that's basically saying innocence, divine innocence is saying there is no ego. So the ego in its world had to, you know, play out the crucifixion, but that's why the resurrection was just a symbol, like, no, you can't really kill innocence. Innocence lives on and on. That was what the whole symbol of the resurrection was. It was just a tiny little symbol of a, of a body coming back, but the, but the lesson behind it was enormous, that you can't kill love. That's really what that was all about. And during that last uh, gathering we had last night, with all of us gathered together and all the love and the gratitude being expressed, and I think Jason expressed like this, this is like just like a symbol of, of opening to the symbol of heaven on earth. We're seeing that heaven and heaven and earth don't have to exist as separate states; that they they can be represented in the same state of mind. Is what the happy dream is about. 
is that heaven and earth do not exist as separate states, then that that is the symbol of, of you might say, hope or of the symbol of what is possible. And that's and that's part of why the only reason we even have the symbol of relationship or community is to live in harmony. It's not that there's anything special about the bodies, but it's the state of mind to live in harmony, to live where we pray together, we laugh together, we rejoice together, we celebrate together, we commune together is is a symbol that that life is harmony. Life is not competition, life is not division, life is not specialization, life is not differences, but life is life. Life is the same, life is one. And, and to me that's what this has been about. And, and I feel like I, I see, if I look at the parable of David, I see, see so much in this movie, is when, when I tried to, through different relationships or many different communities I would visit and and try to like sound the the harmony of, of saying no we it can be we don't have to conflict we don't have to give in to ego sabotage we don't have to we don't have to succumb to darkness we can live in the light we can be the light you know that I I see and Ender was hanging in there with all this and for me it was like Jesus was like saying have faith have faith no do not put your faith in appearances keep your eye on the prize do not draw any conclusions based on what the appearances are showing you know this is not the end and it was always like stay with me stay with me and then when Finally, when I had like a revelatory experience, when the whole world disappeared, and it was only light, then I got there. It was like, this, this is it. You know, that, like that voice in the Bible, this is my beloved son, whom I am well pleased. <laughs> but it wasn't a form. It was just formless. It was just light. And then, then when I seemed to come back from that light, that revelatory experience, then the world didn't look more ser serene and more felt more surreal, felt more flimsy, like it was like it was just real thin. It wasn't wasn't heavy and solid. It was it was very light. It was like a a surreal kind of vision, soft. What did everyone see? What did you think? Yeah. What was really um, recognizable or something was uh, that moment that um, they were all standing in line and, and he said, like, look to the left, look to the right. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, that brought me immediately back to my school where they would always say in like both my directing uh, film directing school and my acting school uh, look to the left look to the right half of you will not be here next year and then after you're done with college um, in, in the in the world you'll only see like a handful of you guys so uh, who will it be? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Competition. Uh, yeah. And survival of the fittest. <laughs> uh, it seems so. It seems so real when when I was there till recently, honestly. You know, and now I mean, a part of me see, still sees it as real. Like there, there, there are still moments that I truly believe in. That there is like I need to. I need to be something, or I need to become, yeah, that specialness and all that, you know. And but for most, most of the, yeah, of the time now, it's like I, I, it doesn't even make sense to me anymore. Like I cannot believe that I was standing in that line and like looking to the left and the right and like it's not gonna be me. <laughs> I will survive. 
It's like, no, we'll all survive. There is no, there is no death. There is no losing you. Like, whoa, that's yeah. This nigga has a way of triggering those flashbacks in it. Yeah, it's when we first watched it, everybody was like having flashbacks, and yeah, they were like talking about when they first came. Like, does that remind you of this? And you know, different situations are like flashing, 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 like. Did I really live through that? Did I, was I really, you know, trying to, it's like when people read those stages of development of trust in the manual for teachers and then try to figure out which one, where am I, you know, which one, you know, where am I in the whole thing? It's still, it's still kind of pointless, but it's, it's, it's helpful in some way. There's something there. Yeah. I didn't realize until the end when he goes into the cave that I had a dream last night that at Susanna Rabat Monastery he picked up his skull and it looked like a like a formic skull but she wanted to keep it I didn't know how to keep it I was keeping it and like that flashed back to me but throughout the movie tonight I was like like he's fighting his brother over and over he's just reliving that fight like when they shut the door and mm -hmm. he was there until that scene like you said as you ask me that question, you know, I still fighting in my mind whether it's mm -hmm. my father or brother or the ones that are around me. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, that belief in victory is so powerful that it just leaves me being questioned. Yeah, the anger of the brother for having been in the program and having been chosen and having failed, then that anger was still the, the belief in failure you know, still there, driving him. And then his, his sister was more, no, no, stop, stop. You know, she was just the symbol of the harmony and the peace. But still, there was a sense, even in the end, of, you, know, you need to, you can't be afraid. You have to, yeah. if you're if you're hiding, you know that was the wisdom coming through there again. If you're hiding from something, you can't just hide forever. You know, and he was going and visiting the the guy that he, Alfonso, Alfonso, and waking for him to wake up felt. Felt guilty, felt responsible, but there was a hiding going on, so she knew that he had to go and not hide, face whatever he face. in him already. He had like both qualities. 
And yeah, he was like compassionate, but he still also like it was constantly said. But does he also have the killer instinct? Yes, he does. Like, and you could also see that he had that also in him. And there was still this belief of it's also needed to have that because there's still an enemy and there's still a threat, mm-hmm. and and we need to make sure that they won't attack again. And like what he had with the boy when he was fighting. But then what I thought was interesting is like. He, he only let that fully go and really saw like that he had to go into peace when there was like seemingly no enemy no more, like like the dark night of the soul, like everything was destroyed. And it's like what a lot of us go through in our spiritual journey, it's like where you're just like totally on the floor and like just like, okay, this doesn't work anymore. Like I've, been, I've tried everything in the world basically and it doesn't work anymore. It's like that shift and I saw that with him, it's like, everything was destroyed and that was the moment that he fully surrendered to the love and to the innocence and yeah that was beautiful to see and then it also like that that all of all of that destruction or whatever was for for that miracle and to just also keep in mind like and there was never even (laughs) destruction you know i don't know like there was just it was all a healing purpose like a healing Healing simulation. Just the mind game that he was playing on this thing just for him to come to that realization of stepping into peace and stepping into Mm -hmm. love and stepping into innocence and extending the love that he truly was and letting go of yeah the thought of attack and needing to attack back and that was it's pretty prophetic that, that yeah. when he discovered the mind game, they're like, well, "How do you get into that?" And, yeah. and this and this, and then and then uh, Viola's character was saying, "Well, I want to see how he deals with frustration." So the mind game was designed mm-hmm. just to be uh, to bring up frustration, you know, to to try both options, even though you're told one is poison. They're both, you know, there's poison. And both, and then to see, well, let's see what he does. Let's see how he deals with frustration. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the Harrison Ford character was like, "Why is that game even there? And who who let him gave him access? He doesn't want. He wants to groom a killing machine. He doesn't want one <laughs> uh, to reach such frustration that that it takes him off course of, of being the one that will win the war. But uh, then you know he." He's always going beyond the parameters, you know. He he's the little what was it, little rabbit character that jumps right into the eye eyeball of the giant. And you know, the old is like, I've never seen that before. Like that's not nobody who ever plays that game jumps into the eyeball of the giant. You know, they usually just probably give in to oh this is a trick. There's no solution, but he went there, and then after that, then he went beyond the giant, and that's when he had the premonition of the, like the, the place of where the destruction was, and going inside, and and looking for the innocence. So that that just was very powerful too. Like you got to go beyond the parameters of the game, and don't be stopped by whatever seems to be. The, the obstacle or the frustration, but go, just go beyond. Find a way. Have the faith. You know, he just had the faith to to not succumb. I'd like to bring up one thing because, like, there's so much going on. There's not much room for ego thoughts or anything. It's just fully being used these days. And yet, like even on that sh- show, the Thing last night, but there were only certain people where I could really feel something strong. My mind's stable and really good. And like you just saying, that part's kind of easy for me with hearing things and speaking. But but there's still a wall. There's like some kind of wall where it's like clear, and it isn't until something like a scene like this where it just. Like, penetrates the wall but it's like so uncontrollable or something and I don't 
don't know if there's another way or something. Like, like how do you go through that wall into like that supreme joy? Like it's quiet. But yeah. Watch more movies. <laughs> <laughs> is that? I mean, is that the right direction? Just keep staying the quiet until you kind of get pulled in. Or? Yeah, that's the prayer of the heart. It's almost just like reveal to me, show me, you know, burst my heart, bursting love, me a bursting wide open love, and yeah, whatever, whatever, whoever I have to meet, whatever movie I have to see, whatever song I have to hear, you know, it's like that's the. The prayer, whatever it takes. Yeah. It's the end We can't do anything. Yeah. Of myself, I can do nothing, but the prayer is, is for help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can, like a, a miracle, an intercession. Yeah. One of those, one of those bursting open scenes, experiences. Okay, I'm hearing it. <laughs> what did you say? I just like hearing it. Uh, Faith and <laughs> yeah, there's no formula. It's like, like, like you can't like there's not like a a game plan formula where it's all written out and you go, ah, I will adhere to this. You know, it's, that's too linear too. It's, just, it's in the moment of this being. Ready for those prompts, those little nudges. That's what I heard last night. I mean, a lot of the people were just like, it was so exquisite, like every little nudge, and then oh, another mirror, oh, another nudge, oh, another, you know, in unexpected ways. Uh, it was like, yeah, who was it? Um, it was Burnt was talking about, like, finding himself cleaning toilets and. <laughs> bathhouse and all these different things and people coming up and going no that's good you really are doing a good job <laughs> no that's just it's just the undoing of the self-concept you know he was like he was like there's aware that there's a bigger <laughs> giant picture well don't praise me for the for my toilet work here <laughs> there's more i'm not in for the in to be good at anything i'm, I'm here to be washed of everything, you know, it's so sweet, you know, you could just feel the sweetness, the wisdom pouring through, and, yeah. even the ones, even the head, like Sue, it was hard, it had a lot of difference, but she starts off with the Atlantis Morissette song, you know, about, thank you for your generous triggers, yeah, thank you for your most generous triggers, and then she puts it, and I'm sure I've triggered you too. I mean, she, flipped, she, right, she just was covering all the bases with the triggers, you know. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's like, no private thoughts. That's like really putting it out there. After a difficult time to, to just like lay it out there with a little smile, like, I'm here and it's been tough, but I'm laying it all out. You know, there's, there, you can feel the healing and then everyone, you know, Appreciates, like, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you for your transparency. Yeah. So I still have trouble with that movie. Like, I think it's like the third time I've seen it. And, um, though, like, when I, I heard we watching it, I kind of feel the joy, like, oh, I like that. It's something. <laughs> I like aspects of it. Like I, <clears throat> I like his direction. I, I like the scenes where he's going into that room, that gravity, and like you know he's got to be with the team, and they got to work together or something like that. So there's certain things, and I, I think there's something about the inevitability of his journey that I like too. Like he's just being propelled forward and forward and forward. And so there's something about that I like, but I, I still do feel, I feel like I'm at the heart opening stage with it <laughs> um, I, I didn't like particularly feel the same with the egg and the big bug you're just right there and you're like, <laughs> 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 it wasn't really pretty high like, you know, like, something, something kind of sweet about it but I didn't feel the massive heart opening there yet and um <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you've just got engaged. That's right. Yeah, this movie's fun. Um, <laughs> well, that's weird. I parked in front of a car earlier and the license plate was big bucks. <laughs> One person's big bug is another's teacher. <laughs> yeah. That's like, where were we where we did the. Oh, we were down there in Jenny Strawberry. We did that movie, and, and at the end of it, Forever My Girl, it was. Isn't that the one where there was such a range? Yeah, like 60. It was just all these range of emotions. To uh, what was the last one? Nothing would ever happen. Yeah. Yeah. Joey. Rudy. 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 Yeah, Rudy came in there. Yeah, just a cliche. Just a cliche. <laughs> just a whole range of all these, you know, people are born there. Are like, it's a cliche. It's <laughs> like it never happened. You know I mean? yeah. so, just pegged that you know, some of these fake romantic movies. That's <laughs> just a cliche, you know. Just wiped it off. <laughs> like you're just wiping away a bug on the windshield. <laughs> I guess there was something for me too with something that's coming up earlier about this belief I could harm. And it's like that's what all, I mean, ultimately we all have to face. Like, mm. I mean, the goal is eventually that, that we can't judge. It's like arrogance or whatever, and that we can't destroy. It's like he faced that with bonds up, and that was his fear. And then spirit or sister had to come in and say, "You need to face that." Of course, it was pretty radically <laughs> genocide an entire race or whatever. Yeah, but it was like I can see this though. Belief in harm, and really, when you bring it down metaphysically, that's just that's just the belief that it's possible to miscreate. Yeah. That's really when you take it all the way down. The belief that you can miscreate, you know, make make an identity that's different from the one that was given by God, and so yeah, that's you know, even those lines in the course where Jesus says delay is tragic in time. He uses the tragic word, tragic in time and unknown in heaven. So there's there's that time thing again, delay. Like delay and awakening is the most tragic. And from the horizontal plane, yeah, it just, that's where the, the sadness, the tears, the how could I, the belief, that, the belief in harming. With Jesus, there were people that traveled with Jesus and lived and worked, and then they just, for whatever reason, they all had their own reasons, you know. That Urantia book, basically, after Jesus was there and gone, then then the people were, uh, they they came around to dive into the kingdom, you know, 10 years later, 20 years later, 30 years later. But it is, I took the stories to be, everybody comes around to the light sooner or later. And pray that it be sooner. <laughs> that's, all, that's all that you can do. You can't. Nobody, you know, can do it unless they're ready, and uh, pray that that you're ready to answer the call. And that's really what it comes down to. There's really nothing to look back on, though. There's no, we can't look back and think we could have, would have, should have. Thing that just is not helpful, or it doesn't really lift you up. It's just a just like a glitch. Getting stuck in a glitch, time glitch. That's what Jesus thought. Take the stranger in. You think you had? You think you meet a stranger? Take the stranger in. Back into your heart. You know, there is no stranger. There is no external enemy.
that was one of those cartoons. We have met the enemy, and it is usen, <laughs> meaning <laughs> it is. It was in my mind, uh, you know, believed in all along. There was no enemy. That was just the whole trick to make it seem like there was an external, a lost one, or something wandering alone. No, it's not true. It's just a, a lie. I had a great feeling too. Remember when they made him chief or leader, and he had to go into the room, and he reversed everything and. Any of you have something better to think than I just felt like that was all of us. Mm-hmm. Even you two is like deleting these ideas of who you can talk to. It's like the whole house needs to be open with that sense of ease and yeah. beyond hierarchies. That's like the symbol of the millennial for me. Yeah. <laughs> and just, if you have a better idea, I want to hear yeah. it. Yeah. 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 How oh, lovely that prompted the movie today when I talked about it. Was it? Yeah. Okay. What did you say? That was the scene I brought up to her today when I talked to you in a walk. Oh. Nice and to you. It was about the ideas, or you said? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Lilo shared and she's having all these, like, inspiration. She, she needs to, like, stuff them away because they're not real or something. Like their ego or something like that. And I was like, no, stay with Jeffrey. Tell Jeffrey, and you know, he'll feel it. <laughs> it's great when you can have a free flow of ideas and then just kind of be open and receptive and then just get that aha. Yeah, it's what something comes in and comes through. But it comes in the field of, of openness. I mean, out of ten characteristics of a teacher of God, it starts with trust. And then the last one to come, after all the honesty and the gentleness and all the other ones, the last one, number ten, is open-mindedness. And he says perhaps the last to come in. But that open-mindedness is, is being in that humble state of I do not know. Mm-hmm. Like, no, not trying to steer outcomes, not trying to be superior or inferior, not trying to control the situation, just being in that place of complete openness, and then letting the spirit just come through and be revealed. You know, that's really the prayer, old prayer. It's so different from the old idea of productivity and get the project done, get the job done. We went for years where we. There was absolutely no thought of a, of a time frame of getting something done. And so everyone got to practice for that. And then um, once they got into publishing and there was this idea of trying to uh, put a book out that would, that would be on the um, Amazon bestseller yeah. as a way of, of getting it out. Then everything came down to the precision of having to get everything done by a particular time and date. Sarah came in and was like, "Yeah, she was like the orc, like the like the uh, conductor with the baton, like, and then, oh, a little faster, not a little bit. Need this by this day?" And everyone was like, "By by what day?" And it was oh, a deadline. Like it was the the devil, <laughs> the devil coming in. But no, it was the spirit, like saying, "No, now can you just relax and trust and let everything be orchestrated?" And yeah, and everybody had to really surrender all their ideas. Of oh, I thought I wasn't believing in time, but I must have believed in time if I'm so angry at the deadline. deadline. You know, then, you know, it's very, it's just humble. Eating humble pie every day. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's beautiful that you can just let it out, though, because that's, that's the key right there. It's, it's by trying to hide something that that we keep it, and then we don't. Yeah. And we say, no, no, I can't hide this anymore. And then it just 
comes pouring out, and then that is the first step in in loosening it. And because time is it's, it's all this time stuff. When we look back and we we think back of painful time periods, things that we've gone through, and then the ego just takes that and just taunts us and haunts us with that by projecting it into the future. Then there's then there's a, it's a fear of the future, like oh my god, if that. If that that debilitating kind of experience, pain, if that comes again, will I be able will I be able to handle it? Like almost like I made it through once, but can I and that's but that's part of the trick, you know, of of reinforcing the reality of it and then pushing it off, you know, as a possibility. And that's what all defenses, all striving in the world is always to guard against certain outcomes and and so it's it's the whole scheme, the whole, whole trick. But yeah, I think it's so beautiful that you can can just let it up and 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 speak it, and and it's almost like that's your prayer for fellowship. You that's your prayer saying, I've, "I'm struggling with this. Please join me. Please help me. Please remind me of the truth." Please see the truth in me. You know, it's really a huge uh, actual invitation for that that camaraderie, that brotherhood, that that fellowship, that connectedness. That we'll we'll hold each other's hands and we'll see past this. We'll see with true empathy. That's what I was sharing. Like it's a path of it's a path of of true seeing, but it's a path also of relationships, and so I was saying to lose, you know, that's the value of relationship is to be able to hold the truth and and to to see the truth beyond the appearances and, and keep really stay focused on that, not not getting caught up into judging the behavior or judging putting it on a timeline or you know trying to make some sense of of the form, but to really, you know, that come by, I see you truly, I see you truly offering that, giving that as a gift. I see the truth in you, I see the Christ in you, and just com- comes back and back and back with that. So, and, and it's beautiful, because that's, that's what Lila was saying, with the whole thing working on the computer, you were just there, not concerned about time, or phone calls, or, or anything, just... Just being there together it wasn't about, you know, computer or anything else. There's a joining, a deeper joining that's there. And that's why I heard the appreciation for that. And that's that's what you're praying for and counting on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> forgot or didn't realize, like, you yeah. know, that everything's felt, that you could feel it. You know, it's, it was a defense of it. I so appreciate it.
you're sending out a prayer. Everybody in step. Prorated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Logan song from the Christopher Robin. Did you ever hear that song, Christopher Robin? Because I've wandered much further than I ever should, and I can't seem to find my way back through the woods. So help me if you can, I've got 